Ancient India's government was fascinating and powerful in many ways, lasting for many years with many achievements following. Hello, welcome to Season 2 of Locked, the Vault of Indian Civilizations. I'm your host, Patrick, and my friend, Kellen. Hi. From the group Planet Pluto. Previously on our old group, The Mysteries of Ancient Times, we talked about the importance of geography of ancient Egypt. In this episode, we will be learning about the government of ancient India, including the rulers and government which he lived in ancient India. The Mauryan Empire of India started in 324 BCE and ended in 185 BCE and was founded by Chandragupta Maurya and took over most of northern India with a very powerful complex government with a huge army, spy network, chariots and war elephants. But the citizens under their monarchy dictator leaders were forced to pay for farmers. Later, Chandragupta Maurya gave his power to his grandson. Asoka, Asoka. When Asoka took the throne for the Mauryan Empire, he became the strongest empire and extended the empire to many resources and achievements until his downfall. Asoka eventually converted to Buddhism, which made him not willing to fight, which led him to the downfall of the empire, which blew up into smaller states, ending the Mauryan Empire. 500 years after the end of the Mauryan Empire, until Samdragupta took the throne, after his father in 320 AD, which started the Gupta period, which lasted for 500 years under total control under the Guptas, conquering northern India as they were fighting with no mercy, as they had a super strong military which also protected the people under Samdragupta. Chandragupta II took the throne in the Gupta period, it had reached its point as everything was going well for the government, literature, a hierarchy system was made, and economy, until eventually they were invaded by the Huns in 550 AD. The Gupta Empire was fully invaded by the Huns ending the period. The caste system was a type of hierarchy in ancient India which affected many people and their families. Later, officials banned it in India, but parts of India still have it. Here's the facts behind it. The caste system had classes, but once you were born in a class, you cannot change your class. Untouchables were the lowest class. They were outcasts and usually very poor and not treated like humans. Doing the worst jobs, the caste system affected tons of families of people until they got banned harshly and but some places still use it. Ancient India's government was fascinating and powerful with all of the achievements on the way. And that's it in this amazing episode about ancient India's government. Produced by Patrick and Kellen. Sources found with the History of the Cast System by ushistory.org Adapted by Nuzella Staff The Gupta Period of India by history.org Adapted by Nuzel Staff and Nearpod. Government and Science slash Technical Advancement. We do not have any rights to the music. Have you ever learned about ancient India? Have you seen their hierarchy and how they live in their daily life? This episode today of Unlocked. 
the vault of ancient civilization. Today, we'll be talking about the culture of ancient India. Let's get started. The Holi festival is a big part of ancient India. They wear different colors for different beliefs. One color that is usually avoided during Holi is black. This color is thought to bring bad luck. So, when you celebrate the Holi festival, make sure you choose the right colors to wear. This is super compelling how the ancient Indians use different colors and each color symbolizes something different. This demonstrates color symbolism because color tends to show the common importance of the major role it plays and is often used so that they can show different concepts. For example, the color red symbolizes sensuality and purity, and each color has a different role. By understanding the significance of different colors in Indian culture, you can gain a deeper appreciation for the symbolism behind many Indian traditions. Ancient Indians speak a certain language. The language was called Sanskrit. Sanskrit is vital to Indian culture because of its extensive use in religious literature. Sanskrit is considered the mother of all languages and is deeply rooted in Hindu culture. It was used to write Hindu religious texts like the Vedas and was also the language of the elite. By studying Sanskrit, you can learn more about the religious beliefs, customs, and values of ancient Indians. Primarily in Hinduism, and because most modern Indian languages have been directly derived from or strongly influenced by Sanskrit, they use this language in their daily life. The hierarchy in ancient India was very important. Ancient India Hinduism imposed a strict social care hierarchy called the caste system. The Vedas described four main social classes, Brahmins, Kshatriyas, Vaishyas, and Shudras. The Brahmins were priests and otherwise known as the intellectual leaders of the society. Kshatriyas had the role of ruling and they were military elites, like the warriors. Vaishyas had the role of being productive in labor and agricultural tasks. And lastly, Shudras were the artists. Now, the Dalit, formerly known as untouchables. They were considered outside of the system and treated very poorly. This shows how the hierarchy was very strict. The caste system is based on the idea that people are born into a particular social group and that group determines their social status and jobs. It also shows how they had levels of priority and some people were at the top or in the middle or even on the bottom and the untouchables weren't even on the hierarchy. Imagine that. The untouchables were people who had nothing. Finally, ancient India had so many ways of showing their culture like festivals, languages, and hierarchies. They use all these sources to show their culture and help them in their daily life. I hope you enjoyed our episode today. That's all on Unlocked, the Vault of Ancient India. Resources. The meaning behind the many colors of India's Holi Festival, adapted by Nuzella staff. The history of ancient Sanskrit, adapted by Nuzella staff. The importance of courses, luminlearning.com. The meaning behind the many colors of India's Holi Festival, adapted by Nuzella staff. Credits. Peyton as the writer, Sharisa as the speaker, Sharisa and Peyton as the tech experts. Lastly, Sharisa and Peyton as the researchers.
Welcome back to Season 2, Unlocked, the Ancient Vault of Civ- Ancient Civilizations. Today, we are focusing on Indians' religion. I'm Elena. I'm Katie. I'm Brandon. And I'm Marco. In this podcast about ancient India, their religion started as Hinduism, which eventually helped begin the religion Buddhism. Over time, for over time, now there are about 1 billion people who follow Hinduism, making up 15% of the population, while there are about 488 million people who follow Buddhism, making up se- about 7% of the population. Indian Indian religions are an, an important part of Indian people today day-to-day lives. To help you understand further, we will be giving you some other facts in a game show style. Welcome, everybody, to the Salty Goobers Game Show. These are our participants, Jeto, Jose Zhao, Karan Pok, and I'm your host, Uma Highfield. Anyways, we are going to be asking you guys some questions on ancient India. The people who have has the most points by the end of the t- of today wins one million dollars. Okay, I will ask you a question. Press your buzzers if you know the right if you know the answer. First question: What is one word that des- can describe their religion? Puja. That is correct. Hundred points to come on. Puja is a term that can be used to describe their religion. It can mean homage. Worship and or respect. Next question: How did they worship their gods? Same prayers and offering things. Sometimes they light lamps, burn incense, also by ringing a bell. All of those are correct answers. Since Koran, Karan, and Jose got the same correct answers, you each will get fifty points for the first two answers. Also, fifty points go to Karan. 200 points to uh, Jose and 100 points to Zhao. I wanted to beat you. No, you're not. Okay, next question. What is something that Indian people put in their house for religion purposes? An altar. Correct. A lot of Indian people put these things called an altar in their house where they can put statues that represent different deities, including the one uh, that their family is devoted to. 100 points to Karam! Next question! What do Indians go to worship the gods? The Temple of Devanstana. Correct! The Temple of Devanstana is where somewhere that Indian people can go to worship the gods. People are usually happy and welcoming towards people who like to see it. 100 points to Zhao! Next question! How long ago did Siddhar and Gautama become what he is known as Buddha? Somewhere between 2,300 years and 2,500 years ago. Correct! Siddhartha Gautama got the title Buddha around 2,300 to 2,500 years ago by sitting under a tree at a place called Bodha, Gaya, and meditated until he became enlightened. 100 points to Jose! Next question! What did Buddha teach? Vijuji. Correct. Vishwaji is teaching of wisdom. It has had a very big influence on other religions, books, and ideas in India and around the Western world. A hundred points to show. Next question: What do Vedas say? Time and life move in to a cycle. You uh, both got it correct. 
five, wait, 50 points to each. Let us say that time and life moves in a cycle, almost like a circle. After death, they say a person's soul leaves their body. It is reborn or reincarnated. The soul returns to earth and enters a new body. 50 points to Zhao and Karan. The final question, when and how long ago did Hinduism start? Around 5,000 years ago, between 4,000 and 1,500 BCE. Correct! Congratulations! You are the winner! Thank you for listening to Season 2, Unlock the Ancient Vault of Civilization. Credits to, to Gettysburg.edu. What is Hinduism and Nuzella? Religions leaders, Buddha and Nuzella, the rise of Hinduism. Director? Brennan. Tech, Marco, scriptwriter, Katie, and host, me, Elena. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to season two Unlock the Vault of Ancient Civilization. Your host for today is me, Paige. Do you know a lot about ancient India? It is very important and interesting to learn about India and talk about it, even though I know a lot about ancient India because of the best social studies teacher ever, Miss Wagner. I still don't know everything about it. So today, so today, we have an expert. Her name is Abby. Hi, I'm going to tell you all about ancient India and how their science, technology, and math impacted today's modern life. All right, then. Let's start. So, Abby, we're going to start off with something really easy, and even I know this one. What are some of the mathematical tools and concepts developed through scientific culture? Wait, what? What are the mathematical tools and concepts developed in a strong and open scholastic and scientific culture? What are the mathematical tools and concepts developed in a strong and open scholastic and scientific culture? Oh... By around AD 600, the ingredients were in place for an explosion of mathematical discoveries in India. Similar to mathematics, tools would not become popular in Europe until 12 centuries later when a famous mathematician, Fibonacci, wrote a book. Wow, I actually did not know that one, but that's super cool. Okay, that was impressive. Here's another one. Let's see if I can stump you on this one. Ready? I am ready, and I bet you'll know it. You won't know this one, but we will see. What European mathematicians were reluctant to accept negative numbers? I bet you you don't know this one. Let me think about it. I might know. The reason that numbers were developed for counting and questioned what you could do with negative numbers, Indian and Chinese mathematicians recognized early on that the answer to this question was debts. That is correct. Yes. How about we switch you to the expert if you know so much about it then? Okay. Ben, what is the question? What mathematical knowledge was written down as part of a body of language or knowledge? I know this one. It is called Vedas. The Vedas are a religious text from ancient India. Numbers were expressed as combinations of powers of 10. For example, 365 might be expressed as 300, 6 tenths, and 5 units.
That is correct. Wow, you're as smart as you said. That hurts, but thanks. The next question is, what was the first use of the number zero? Oh, that is so easy. It was used for math, duh. Nope, that's wrong. Wait, what? Yeah, it was. It was used that way, but that's not the first use of it. Zeros were used as placeholders in numbers like 10 and 100. I knew that. I was trying to see if you knew it. Yeah, sure. Okay, I think that wraps things up. We will see you next time. Unlock the Vault of Ancient Civilizations. Credits to Colby, Paige, and Abby with the research and the script. We have Colby as the writer, Abby as the director. Finally, Paige and Abby as the speakers. Research from science and math. Five ways ancient India changed the world with math. By the conversations, adapted by Nuzella staff. Hi, I'm your host, Marissa, from the group The Sour Patch Kids. Welcome back to the series Unlock the Vault of Ancient Civilizations. In this episode, we have a special guest, Giovanna, and she's going to tell us about the geography of ancient India, the important landforms, and how humans use the geography of India. So, Giovanna, tell us what you know about the geography of ancient India. When was the civilization found and where? Well, I do know that India's civilization was founded about 5,000 years ago on the Indus River, but is now called Pakistan. In addition to that, I know that the Mughals took over almost all of India, and this was uh, almost 500 years ago. Their rule led to a great time of change. What else have you uncovered about how people use geography? What does India look like from a bird's eye view? Well, I also learned that most of India forms a peninsula. It is surrounded by water on three sides. Many people use it for fishing and water. I also found out that India's highest mountain range, the Himalayas, rises in the north of India and people use them for safety and shelter from attackers trying to take over. A few things I found out were that archaeologists located city buildings. They were built on large raised platforms. This may have protected them from floods and people trying to take over, like the Himalayan mountains. The ancient Indians must have been extremely advanced civilization to come up with so many different ways to protect themselves by doing that. Many historians think that natural events caused the cities to fall apart and that trading began to stop. I'm guessing the movement of the river changed it and it could have caused floods. This would probably make it hard to farm and trade. In this episode, the people who helped with this podcast were Giovanna and Marissa. Research sources by Nuzella, Countries of the World, India, and Study.com. Credits to Marissa, the host, and Giovanna as the guest. Hello, welcome back to Season 2 Unlocked, The Vault of Ancient Civilization. We are 1984, and we are here to discuss the economics of ancient India. The economics of ancient India were prominent in that time and still affect our world, not just even economics today because of the influential cultural and material elements that it promoted and introduced in the world. A reason why the economics of India were very consequential to the world back then, back during ancient times, was due to the trading of scarce items worth a lot. For example, spices that could be used in many new forms of food and could be bartered with for large sums of money. Further expanding onto that idea, 
the appearance of the Silk Road throughout Eurasia highly benefited the growth and development of most countries, including India, by harboring many exchanges of riches from far lands and adapting many economies. Another predominant reason why the economy of ancient India was very substantial was because many cultures and ideologies could be spread further by bringing in semblances of cultures to other places, like ceramics and specially crafted jewels. An example of this is the fact that the Silk Road allowed and made it much easier for the spread of a vast number of religions other than Buddhism, such as Islam and Zoroastrianism, to occur. This also shows that ancient India's economy was important and affected our world forever, because of new religions Religions that many people were not following yet could spread amongst the people of Eurasia, and if more religions spread in the world, the religions could dictate what the followers did. If the followers did what their religions told them to do and allowed, then that could change the types of materials that their countries and themselves produced, which could change economics of these countries and others because of the possible varying values and costs of these items. It would also change the ideas and beliefs that are spread between question countries, which on a large scale would change, which on a large scale would change the lives of millions of people. The Silk Road and trading on the Silk Road was busy and used greatly to fabricate commercial trade, yet some aspects of the Silk Road ended up transferring cultures in many different forms. For example, spices, ceramics, and furs were traded that brought new forms of cultures to new places. This also shows that traveling and trading on the Silk Road was monumental to world history and was of great significance. On another note, the economy of ancient India and nearby civilizations affected not just themselves, but nearby civilizations as well. An example of this is the way that China was involved with travel and trade on the Silk Road. A major, a major export that China had that affected the economy of civilizations it was involved with majorly was silk, which made China into a country in which materials were desired, and shows that the Silk Road affected not just India, but many civilizations near it, meaning that ancient India and its economy and economical methods affected many countries and were therefore prominent in life. Although the Silk Road was often very useful for the acceleration of travel and trade and it affected the economies of all countries involved, making it very prominent, it was not without faults. After it became riddled with disease, populations of many civilizations dropped significantly due to being involved with the Silk Road and being afflicted with these diseases. Even though this occurred, the Silk Road had a resurgence later, which shows how heavily the ancient people of Eurasia relied on this to help their economies. In conclusion, the economics of ancient India adapted and affected Asian cultures substantially by spreading ideologies throughout Asia by the Silk Road. Sources from Trade, Goods, and Ideas, Travel the Silk Roads Between Asia and Europe by Craig Benjamin, script produced by Dylan and Shafayan, music produced by D Derek Fletcher, Ancient Arabian Music, Arabian Winds, podcast directed by Shafayan, sound and production by Dylan and Shafayan. See you next time on Season 4 Unlocked, The Vault of Ancient Civilization.